the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. Moment see alongside BJ Armstrong, as always. BJ, how you doing? Real name. No gimmicks. Mm-hmm. Mo, it's a nice time of the year. The playoffs are ramping up. Everyone came back. We had a LeBron James sighting. Oh, oh, can we, we have an bench? Anthony Edwards? Yeah, we have an Anthony Edwards sighting. Mm-hmm. Gary Payton. We have a second. Gary Payton. We on the same wave today, B. We on the same wave. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks. I'm not sure. We haven't seen them yet. <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh, my. Well, as I was just about to say there, LeBron James came back. He came off the bench for the first time or the second time in his career. The first time since 2007. Um, speaking of LeBron, the Cleveland Cavaliers clinched their first ever playoff berth without LeBron James since 1998. Who's this? Cleveland? Cleveland. Yep. Cleveland got their first ever playoff appearance without Shout LeBron. Shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to the Cleveland since 98. You know, uh, Mikael Bridges continuing to be a superstar in Brooklyn. He had 44 points, but they lost the game. The Thunder and uh, the Blazers were locked into a close. Uh, lots of games today. Okay, BJ. But the good people in the Hoop Genius Discord server that you can join by the link in the description have demanded that we speak about what's wrong with the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, wow. The Dallas Mavericks just lost back-to-back games to the Charlotte Hornets. And I want to shout out the Charlotte Hornets, first of all, because they've been playing amazing defense recently. Amazing defense. Now, there's seven games to go in the season for Dallas. They just lost back-to-back games against Charlotte. They've fallen behind OKC in the standings for the play-in spot. If I'm not mistaken, Dallas are now 11th. And this is a team that before the season, everyone thought wouldn't be any lower than the top four in the West. They're now 11th. They've, what are they over their last, over their last 10 games? What are they? Nine and, nope, nope, not nine and six. What are they over their last 10? Any guesses, BJ? Three and seven. That's right. They're three and seven on a three game losing streak. The playoffs are around the corner. Luka Doncic, I'm not sure what's going on with him off the court. There's some stuff going on with his mother and him locked into a lawsuit over the trademark issues around his name. I don't have all the information, so I'm not going to speak on that. He looks like he's not interested in the game. Well, well he looked like that at the start of this game, and then he he turned up the heat and uh, hit about four back-to-back threes and dropped a 40-piece. Um, but yeah, it's a mess over there in Dallas. Everyone's trying to blame Kyrie. I do not think you can blame Kyrie Irving for this. Everyone's saying, oh, they've been losing since the trade. I I can't blame Kyrie Irving for this. He's accepted his role, deferring to Luka Doncic. He, was he averaging? Like 28 points a game since he got to Dallas and almost 40% from downtown. They've been playing well with him on the court. So, BJ, what's wrong with the Mavericks? (laughs) You know, you know, Mo, I, I get it. You know, I'm married with three kids for quite some time. And you've come to realize, Mo, that you, you know, when you are married and you be you become a husband and you become a father, when you say something in the house, no one's really listening, right, Mo? 
That's what makes the podcast great. You know, I get a chance to talk to you and you actually, you know, you halfway listen, you know, and it's better Mo, than anything I can ask. You know what? Uh, like, I can talk to someone and someone halfway listens, you know, I, I'm listening the whole way through, bro. And the great people at home are listening as well. Trust me. We locked well, it. And, and I appreciate that. Well, that, that's that, that's the that's the. That's the that's the energy, you know, the synergy that we have. Mo Mo halfway listens, you know, and it, it's great. And I, I I I I've said this Mo now what for years. Here it comes. I don't know. I'm not. Wait, I'm wait. not going to even say it. I, I got to find a new way to say it. I got to <laughs> find a new way to say it. I know, you know Mo. If, I, if you're I, a regular I, listener to this show, you know exactly the phrase. If well, we talk about I, the Mavericks. I, I, We've done what near, do I say? What nearly do I say? 300 what do, episodes. Okay. What do We've I say? done nearly do 300 I episodes. I need someone to go through and count. How many times out of like the 270? I think this is show number 271, right? I think. I think right. someone needs to go through and count. How many times we've spoken about the Mavericks? And of those times, I'm willing to bet that 90% of the time, there is a sentence in there where BJ Armstrong says, Luka Doncic needs to figure out what position he's going to guard. And until then... They're never going to win. I'm guessing 90% of the time we've spoken about Dallas. And, 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 you know, here's here's the funny thing, Mo, is I I like Luka Doncic. I, I, he was your he MVP is, pick before the season. He's Yes, he's an exceptional offensive talent. Facts. Mo, that's, that's a fact. There's nothing you can dispute about it. With the ball in his hand, he is an exceptional player, right? He can score. He can pass, he can play make, da-da-da-da-da-da. However, Mo, when we talk about winning the game, you know, this is professional basketball, this is professional sports, professional players get paid to win basketball games. Mm -hmm. Okay? They get paid to win. Therefore, Mo, if we're going to win the game, guess what's the first thing we have to do? Match up on the defensive end. That's the first thing we have to do. No matter if you can score, as long as the other team does. Yes. And whatever it is, we'll plug in. We'll plug in. Right? If if our best player, who is Luka Doncic, says, hey, guys, I'm going to commit to defending the point guard position. Then we'll say, let's build a team around him to compensate what he can't do well so that we can compete at the highest level. Because we know we have a guy that's going to be a top five player. Mm-hmm. If he says, I'm going to commit, yeah, offensively. If he is going to commit, say, hey, guys, I think the best position for me is to defend the three. Okay, we'll we'll go out and get other players who could defend the these lead guards and these twos. and And then we'll figure out how to build a team around that. But until that happens, Mo, this is what we're going to happen. Because let me tell you something. When you're playing, Mo, especially during the regular season, when you include travel and injuries and all of the things that you have, you have in this case, you have a trade. They traded starters from their team. Like yep. two Dorian or more Finney starters. From and Spencer Dibbity. You, had, you yeah. had like almost your second best player and your best defender. Under. On a team okay. where you pretty much have no one else that really plays defense. Okay. And then they lose a starter last year in Jalen Brunson. 
Yep. So, Mo, this is to be expected now. When you start changing a team like this, this is to be expected. Now, how are we going to correct it? That's the question. Well, the first thing, Mo, is we're going to have to go to our best player and say, okay, now we figured out, we know you can score 35 points a night. I mean, literally, he's averaging, what, about 30 a night? Yeah. Some, somewhere around there, right? Yeah, he, he's, now, he's scoring. That's what he does. He's putting up okay. like 32, 33. So now we're going to have to figure out with, 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 with you taking responsibility too, say, what is it you want to do? What's the best way that you want to play? And I don't really care. And I don't care if he's a three or a one or whatever. To whatever he wants to be. I'm going to give you three choices here. Which one do you are you going to commit to? And then let's play from there. And until that happens, Mo, <laughs> we're going to continue to okay. have this because their philosophy is very simple. We're going to outscore the other team. And Mo, frankly, they don't have enough weapons on the offensive end to outscore you outside of Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving. Yeah. Well, and I'm, and- I'm going to get a little bit nerdy here. Okay. Go a little right bit ahead. nerdy. If you guys missed the game, I'll give you a quick breakdown. The Charlotte Hornets did a fantastic job. And here's what they tried to do. The number one thing that they did was every time a shot went up and that they took a shot, they were already trying to get back in transition because they didn't want to give up any easy points in transition, right? They didn't want these guys like the Reggie Bullocks of the world and the Dwight Powell's of the world catching passes and laying the ball in. Easy points, okay? The second thing that they did is they said, we're just going to throw two defenders at Luka Doncic. Every time he runs a screen roll, we're going to switch and then double. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to get the ball out of his hands. Now, Luca did come away and he what, had 40 points, right? He hit some very tough baskets, okay? But there's a difference between scoring 40 points in a win and 40 points in a loss, okay? They did a great job of throwing two defenders at him, making him move the ball, and then rotating on defense. And fair play to Charlotte. It's not like they're an awful... The record says they're an awful team, but since the All-Star break, they've been playing great defense and they've actually been pretty good since, since the All-Star break or the trade deadline or however you want to describe it. But that's what they did. And they just trusted that the rest of the players on the Mavs aren't going to be able to beat them. So that was the game plan. And it's worked now twice in a row. And if the Charlotte Hornets can do that in the regular season, what are you going to do in the playoffs when a team has time to prepare and actually go even deeper than this? It's tough. Like last year was great. You had Dorian Finney-Smith, who's an elite defender, and he was shooting a great percentage from behind the arc. You had Jalen Brunson there, who what he was doing was attacking and getting his two feet into the paint, which I always talk about, collapsing the defense and finding guys like Maxi Cleaver, who were open, Reggie Bullock, who was open to shoot open shots. Fantastic, right? right. And then you have, obviously, Luka, Luka Doncic. And you have Spencer Dinwiddie, who was doing a similar thing when he came in. Now, you've traded your best defender, Finney Smith, who is shooting a great percentage from three. You've traded Spencer Dinwiddie, who isn't as good talent-wise as Kyrie Irving, but he plays the the ball a little bit differently. Kyrie Irving is getting into the paint. He's trying to finish with his his layups and whatnot. And I'm not knocking Kyrie Irving in the slightest. I'm just saying when you're when you're building the team outside of Luca and Kyrie, what, what are the rest of the guys doing? Do you know what I'm saying? So where do they go from here? What if if Luca is what he is? 
and he doesn't buy in on the defensive side, what are they going to do? What are they going to do? Well, that's a great question. I, I think what they have decided to do in looking at it is build a team around two players. Luka Doncic, obviously one, and Kyrie Irving. Now, Kyrie Irving is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is the defining question here. What are they going to do? If Kyrie Irving leaves in free agency, that, to me, is a blow. That, to major, me, major. That, that, to me, is the defining question here. It's not whether what they're going to do. Now, is it possible to build a team around those two Absolutely. All right. So you, they can say, well, we didn't play this year. We didn't have training camp. And you can say, okay, great. Kyrie signs back there, assuming he'll get the max or whatever. And then you will put together a team in free agency. And, and, and then you'll you, say, you give Kyrie year. the max. That's what 30% of the cap. Luca's on a max. What's that? 30, 35% of the cap. So now 60% of your salary is going to two guards or guards that don't play defense. So is it even possible to build a winning team if if that's what you've done? Because we've seen Portland try and do that with CJ and Dame, and they were good, but never good enough. Have we ever seen a backcourt with two guys that don't play defense very well actually succeed? Well, yeah, you, you, you see it all the time, right? I mean, you can... Okay, you could say... You know, when you say, well, I, I don't know if it's possible to defend today. I, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm not saying you don't have schemes and things that you do. I think what you can do is demand a level of defense and a system of defense that allows you to be disruptive or at least, you know, take away something from the opposing team. Okay. You know, when I look at the Cleveland Cavaliers, I would say, I, I wouldn't say Darius Garland and and Donovan Mitchell are like, but we we know. spoke about them the other day, and you said that they're oh, not a team that you're looking at to to be dominant. In the I'm future. not looking at them, yeah, yeah, as all NBA player, all NBA defensive players. However, I do think they have a scheme in place that says, okay, maybe we have smaller guards. However, we have a bigger front line to compensate for the things we don't do well so that we can do the things that we do well and, and go out there and do that. And I do think those guys give the effort and energy, you know what I mean? Mm. To, to go out there and play. Do I think they are like Tony Allen or players like that on a defensive end? No, <laughs> but I do think that they give their effort. Now, what I will say about Luca was, and I watched a little bit of the game is it's clear to me that they were just targeting him on the defense, on the defensive end. They were targeting him, okay? And with Luca, because he's a great player. When you have a great player, there's a little secret about playing against great players. A, you can't allow a great player to be great because if you allow him to be great or, or her to be great, they will be great 99% of the time. That's what they do. If you allow a great player enough opportunities to be great, they will do it. The coaching staff there made a decision. They said, he's going to score. 
but we're going to take away the playmaking. Do not leave him on any screen roll until he gives up the ball. Don't allow him to probe. Don't allow him to break us down on the defensive end. We're just going to contain him and play rotation basketball, meaning we're going to rotate to the other player and see if the other players will beat us. And we're going to force Luca to do what great players don't want to do all the time. They don't want to make the obvious play, the obvious play or the obvious pass because that takes them out of the game. They don't get a flow or rhythm to the game. Mm-hmm. I respect that. So Luca knew the only way that he could impact this game was by scoring. You can live with someone scoring 40 a night. That's a that's a that's a little secret. What I can't live with is him having 40, 11 assists, 10 rebounds, <laughs> two blocks, and four steals. Now He's doing other things. Mm-hmm. And that to me, it was the difference in the game. They well, just committed to saying, okay, all right. That's just a little bit that I saw. I didn't watch well, the whole well, game. Well, well, it brings me on to something that I wanted to talk about. If you have the Dallas Mavericks, out of every team in the NBA, they're the only team who average less than 40 rebounds a night. They are dead last in rebounding. Their best rebounder, is their point guard, Luka Doncic. Their bigs, Christian Wood will get you seven or eight. The, the other bigs, what, Dwight Powell's getting you four. Maxi Cleaver might get you four. How are you going to win games if you don't rebound the basketball? Well, you, you know, how are you going to win the games? Well, you, you have a player in Luka, and you're playing statistics. Okay, that that's most interesting interesting thing about the game today is that the analytics of the game has convinced many teams to say three the three point shot is the most valuable thing so now if you shoot well all right then you don't really need to rebound except on the defensive end you got to limit the other team obviously but mm-hmm. offensively mo okay when you look at them today, all right, I'm just looking at their stats. Mo, they had two players in their starting lineup that had assist. Mm-hmm. That's almost Mo. That's almost impossible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, you had two He's... guys in their starting lineup didn't even get a rebound. <laughs> this is okay. what I'm saying, Mo. Which is and and but here's the thing: even if you play the numbers game, the analytics, right? you're not going to shoot more than 40% on your threes. That means for every 10 three-point shots you make, you're going to miss more than you make. So you need people that can rebound the basketball. Mo, you would, Mo, that's the whole thing that I've been saying for years. I know no one listens to me, so I I, I don't even (laughs) say it anymore. I get it. That's what I'm saying. Like, I just watch the game, Mo. I just watch it and go, that's interesting. And then I move to the next game, and then I'll see another team do it. And then I'll watch college basketball, and then I'll see there they do the same thing. For some reason, Mo, everyone wants to shoot to three. For some reason, everyone wants to have a five-out offense. For some reason, Mo, we want to play positionless basketball where I don't want to screen, I don't want to pass, I don't want to rebound, I just want to shoot to three. When I watch guys work out, everyone's just working on the three. Everyone wants to extend their range. I want to be a stretch four. I want to be a stretch five. I want to be a guy. I don't get it. I don't get it, Mo. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm I'm not 
This is just what it is. So it would, you know, I don't know. It, it would appear to me if I'm watching or I'm playing with these guys, I would say, okay, how am I going to compliment Luca at this stage? If I was playing with them, going, okay, how can I compliment him? Right? How can we get him off the ball a little bit? How do we, you know, play a game where, you know, the other team just doesn't feel that they can attack him every single time on the defensive end? How do we, you know, allow him to move and maybe play offense from the weak side of the court? I mean, there's just other things. How do we just play him from the post? How about that, Mo? Just play him from the post. So that way we can have the proper balance on the floor to have to get an offensive rebound. Because if he just has the ball out there at the top, we have to keep the middle open for him to drive. But these are just things that, that I see. But again, it's a new game. It's a new era. And that's why, you know, I just talk about it. And I'm not playing in the NBA. I'm not knocking their staff or anybody. But it would just appear to it would, it would appear to me watching the game is to say they're going to have to play. They're going to have to commit to a different brand of basketball with this very talented player. And at some point, that player, right, that player is going to have to commit to three things. There's three things you have to do when, if you're a player. Average players, average players that play professional sports, they just want to be left alone when things get hard. Okay. An average player. If you're an average player, you know, you go through a, you go through a stretch like this. You know, we've all been here. Well, this is what I'm saying. Like, we've all been in this stretch. If you're an average player, you just want to be left alone. You you just, hey, as soon as practice is over with, you just, you just want to be left alone. If you're a good player, you know, you want to be coached. You're like, okay, just, just give me a game plan and I'll do it. If you're a great player, you want to be told the truth. Think about what I just said, Mo. If you're an average player in the NBA, you want to be left alone. If you're a good player, you want to be coached. Mm -hmm. If you are a great player, you want to be told the truth. Hey, right now, BJ, you suck. <laughs> yeah. We can't win with you. We can't win with you playing this way. And then you have to internalize that and take that constructive criticism and use it for the betterment of the whole. If you're a great player. You want to be told the truth. You want to be held accountable because why? You are a great player. You, you, you want to be told the truth of really what's going on. Okay. And, and at some point here, Luca is going to have to choose one of those three. Because okay. every player has to choose those, choose those paths. Yeah. I mean, Luca aside, <clears throat> I'm going to go back to this rebounding thing. I'm going to give you some numbers. BJ, I know you don't like the numbers. I'm going to give you the numbers because they Bleak seem to, oh. they run the teams off numbers. So I'm just going to see the numbers I'm seeing and wondering why they're not seeing it. The two bigs that they play the most, Dwight Powell and Maxi Cleaver, according to Cleaning the Glass, their defensive rebounding percentage on opponent field goals, what percentage of opponents missed field goals did the opponents rebound? Uh, did, did they grab the rebound for? Maxi Cleaver, is in the 10th percentile of all players in his position. Dwight Powell is in the 14th percentile. Now, Luka Doncic is in the 100th percentile, meaning he's the best at his position for grabbing those rebounds. But their bigs 
are at the very bottom of the chart. Now, I like Maxi Kleber a lot, okay? I think he should be playing the power forward. He's played 86% of his minutes at the center position this season. If I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I know that him and Dwight Powell aren't great rebounders. I'm going to put Maxi at the four. I like what he brings in terms of his defense, and I like what he brings in terms of his three-point shooting. But then, this is what I want to ask you, because you're very close with Mr. JaVale McGee, who's in the 76th percentile of players at his position, meaning he's in the top quarter of players at the five position in terms of getting rebounds. Dwight Powell, who gets the minutes over him, is in the very bottom end of the scale. Why do they not play JaVale McGee more? Because if you're going on the numbers, on the actual numbers, if we're doing the statistics thing, and you're looking at total rebounding per 36 minutes, JaVale McGee would average 11.4. I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm not seeing where rebounding just isn't part of the game. You are dead last in rebounding the basketball. Your defense isn't amazing. Okay, at so many positions, the defense isn't amazing, which means either the opponent scoring, but if the opponent is missing shots and you're still giving up offensive opportunities and more possessions on the offensive side of the ball, that's a major problem. When you're on offense, no team is going to score 100% of their shots. You need people that can rebound the basketball. So I don't know what I'm missing. I don't, I don't know, you know. What am I missing? Well, here, 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 well, here's what we here's here's what you and I missing. First of all, we don't know the 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 offensive philosophy of this group. Okay, I'm going to assume by watching them play that they're committed to a five out offense. Why? Why am I going? Why am I going to assume that? Is because why else would you not play big unless you want to have the floor wide open so that your guards you can allow your guards to be able to penetrate the basket at all times. The reason that those guys aren't rebounding the basketball is because clearly they're out on the perimeter. It's clear. Well, you can't put Powell on a perimeter. He's literally scored zero three-pointers. He's taken five and made zero this entire season. Okay. But, he, but when you put someone always away from the ball in their dunker spot or always getting out of the way, he doesn't screen and roll. He screens and pops. He screens and pops and rotates the basketball. He's always on the weak side of the floor, which is never in position, you know, to to re, to rebound the basketball. Okay, because you're allowing Luca and these guys to be able. And I'm assuming that's what they're doing. I'm assuming that's their offensive philosophy, right? Because just on, if he was just screening and rolling, he'll get he'll get two or three offensive rebounds. It's not like the the other opposing teams are saying, keep keep him off the glass. You know, he's not like a high pro priority. He's probably the fifth option in, in their offense. Okay? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he does so, a decent he does a decent job on the offensive glass, but defensive yeah, glass, yeah. not happening. Well, well, well it's, it can happen because they're constantly in rotation all the time. I mean, they, I don't know what they're, I don't know. So again, but in watching them, you know that they're always out of position, like as I'm watching them play. Yeah. Now, I will say this because you you know you don't know until you get there yourself, right? It's like you don't know a player until you actually coach them. You'd be like, oh, I didn't know this because you're in different systems, you're in different philosophy, you know, philosophical discussions with coaches and you know, and the players who's available, injuries, so forth and so on. But I, I will venture to say this. 
they have not one, but two exceptional, exceptionally talented players in Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving on the offensive end. Now they have to do all of this on the fly. And I'm going to just say this, Mo, because I'm not going to make an excuse for them, but this is a very difficult thing to do is when you start making major changes to your team mid-season, this is what happens more times than not. Mm-hmm. When you make a change, okay, because you're going to be a GMO someday mm-hmm. in this league. So I'm 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 sharing this to you in front of our audience. When you make a change mid-season, you make peripheral changes on the outskirts and never mess with your core. Unless you're rebuilding. Even if you're rebuilding, <laughs> you don't do it. Well, I, I mean, like, I'm stay. looking at Brooklyn. I mean, they had to trade their core guys because they didn't want to beat her. Okay. Again, you, that's your, your decision to make when you become the GM. Mm. I'm just giving you my principles okay. of what I know works and doesn't work. When you are a GM and you start tinkering with the core of your group midseason, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If Mo says they don't want to be here, whatever, hey, <laughs> I just want you when you see me over the summer, say, and I'll be like, Mo, why'd you do that? You're gonna say, because those guys said they don't want to be there. Uh, well, oh, well, okay. BJ, luckily, luckily, the guys only want to be there when they lose. So so my team's gonna be winning, uh, uh, so I ain't gonna have to worry. Okay, about that's it. fine. But you know, but uh, but you never ever it's it's that's just one of the principles that you have to abide by. You have to, you got to be disciplined in, in, in building these teams. So Dallas right now is in a very difficult situation because, Mo, they made some very big changes to this group. They've lost three starters. Okay, three starters. They're in a, okay, and, and I'm counting Jalen Brunson as, as well from last year's group. Mm-hmm. And then this is what you have now. Now, the, the the best thing to me, what they can do is somehow they can sneak into the play-in. Somehow, maybe if they if things, you know, all, you know, go right for them, they could upset somebody and you and I will be sitting here going, remember when they weren't playing well? <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, okay. So I, that, that's the best case scenario for them. However... Mo, I don't think this is going to get better because it's not like they're going to play better defense. Well, no. and, and 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 I just think it's going to be it's it's going to be hard. But they do have two guys that you know can score at a high clip. Well, given that what you know of making major structural changes to your team in the middle of the season is a big risk, and you might mm-hmm. do that if you're trading for a guy who has got three four years left on his contract, like the Suns did with Kevin Durant. However, they've done mm-hmm. this for Kyrie Irving, who, as you said, is an unrestricted free agent in the summer. So mm-hmm. the whole thing is, we they don't have time to make it work. They don't have time to convince them, well, trust us, it's going to work. If they're, what, 7-13 and 13 since training for him, they're going from a, being a top four team to being out of the playoffs entirely. Is this trade a complete disaster? Well, I think it's high risk, high reward. I think that's what it is. It's high risk. High reward. Mm. And I mean, Mo, they 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 roll the dice. Now, if the dice come up, the number that you need, hey, 
it, it works for you. If it doesn't come up, which is seems to or appears to be what's happening right now, but seems to be the case. Now you have a problem. But again, Mo, even though they're not winning now. My main concern when they made this trade is the following. What's going to happen over the summer, regardless if he if they go to the conference finals or wins the NBA championship? Because, Mo, I don't see another way for them to start the process of rebuilding if Kyrie decides to leave. Yeah. And that's, you don't want to, when you've got a player of Lucas Caliber, you don't want to be rebuilding. These that, are prime years of an MVP candidate. You need to be contending for an NBA championship. You got to the conference finals last year. You should be building upon that and trying to get back and get to the NBA finals. But if Kyrie so walks, that, what, what are you doing? If 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 Kyrie for some reason decides not to come back, that was my whole thing with making the trade. Like all of this other stuff, be honest with you, like, okay, whether it happens, Luca's gonna keep you in the game by himself. He'll keep you in the game. But if Kyrie leaves, that's a game changer. Because mm -hmm. you gave up starters, you gave up two starters, you lost another starter. And Jalen Brunson to free agency. Then you traded for Kyrie and you basically lost him and you got nothing back. And I guess they can do a signing trade, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I mean, Mo, this is just seems very risque to me. Yeah. Very risky. But we'll see how it plays out. And when you don't lose and when you don't win, I should say, when you, when you don't win, now, Mo, it's magnified. And that to me, is a place that's of great concern as I'm watching this Dallas Mavericks. Okay, they're yeah. losing a few games right now. What's to be expected, right? I mean, Luka was hurt. Kyrie's been out. They make a trade, da-da-da. But if he doesn't come back this summer, Mo, and I, 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 we got to spend two or three days just to unwrap. We, if he doesn't come back, I will be fascinated. Like when they made this trade, I, I was fascinated. I was like, oh, wow, that's a big risk. Mm -hmm. That's a big risk. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't come back, I just want to see how they're going to do it. Like, because I don't know, like, what can you do? Like, they won't have like a, a good draft pick. What can they do? I mean, Mo, think about it. What can they do to improve this team? And they have a top five player. Mm-hmm. It's too late to tank. Their draft pick is top 10 protected. It's not likely it's even going to fall in the top 10 at this point of the season. So they're two games below 500. Uh, according to 538, they have a 26% chance of still making the NBA playoffs this season. But it just goes back to your point. Look at last year's playoffs. Luca's still here. Their second highest scorer, Jalen Brunson, is gone. Their third highest scorer, Spencer Dinwiddie, is gone. Their fourth highest scorer, Dor Dorian Finney-Smith, is gone, who was also their best defensive player on the team last season. So, okay, you've lost the points from Brunson and, and Dinwiddie. You're going to make that up with Kyrie Irving. But how are you replacing a defense? Now, it's all well and good. Guys like Josh Green, guys like uh, Jaden Hardy coming in, playing fantastic basketball. Jaden Hardy's 20. Josh Green's 20, 22. These guys are still young. They're still finding their feet in the league. You've got an MVP candidate in Luka Doncic. You're trying to compete. They've made a mess of this. 
And I don't think All Luka right. Doncic is like Dirk Nowitzki in that he's just going to stay in Dallas for his entire career and tolerate it. He said in his interview the other day, he's not enjoying playing basketball. He's coming up, I put out a tweet, he's coming from programs in Europe where he won the EuroLeague with Real Madrid, he won the ACB with Real Madrid, he won the Eurobasket with Slovenia. He's used to winning. So now he's not winning. How long do you think he's going to stick around? Because you look at his contract. Um, let me put up his contract right now. Because when that expires, they're going to be in some serious trouble if they can't get us together. They've got him on the books. Okay, cool. He's got what? Three years, 2026. He's got a player option. And if he's saying to them, look, we haven't got the rosters to compete. I'm going to leave in 2026. You've got two seasons. What, what moves are you going to make in the next two seasons if Kyrie walks? What trade pieces do you have left? Not really. What picks have you got left? Not really. So they might just be absolutely screwed. Who knows? <laughs> well, Who knows? <laughs> I, I, again, I, I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to push the panic button because it's nothing that a few wins can't, you know, can't turn it around. Right. You win some, you lose some. You don't get too high. You don't get too low. This is the NBA. Yeah, but there's but, only like, seven games left or, or how many games left. Yes. What uh, what I will say this long term, Mo, I'm not sure what they're going to do. I really don't. I, I, I didn't really understand the, the trade at. At the deadline, I really didn't understand that trade. From this standpoint, like long term, what is it going to do for you? Because you're just giving up. You're when you're building a team again, this is for you. When you're building a team, you have to complement your best player. Mm -hmm. I understand if you're bringing Kyrie to a, an existing group. If you don't have to get away Finney and all those other guys, Dinwiddie, and you say, you know what, we're going to bring this into our group, our core group. Okay, great. If he stays or goes, you go, at the very least, we're, we're okay if he leaves. Yeah, yeah, like Kawhi. Yeah, but if you're giving away two, three starters and he's a free agent, Mo, you're putting, it's like an unnecessary risk to me yeah. from the outside. And But maybe they know something we don't know. And and the other thing is, you know, we were talking in the Discord earlier today and I was asking, well, well someone said, it's okay if Kyrie walks, they can just get in some 3 and D guys to play alongside Luca, and they'll fit perfectly. And I said, okay, who? And they said, uh, OG Ananobi. I said, you think OG Ananobi is going to change teams so that he can play defense, run up the court, and stand in the corner to wait for the ball? I don't see that happening, especially with his development on the ball. Do you know who a player would be perfect for that? Do you know who might be the most perfect player to compliment Luka Doncic? It's Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith, who just wants to shoot threes on offense and play defense. By the way, is on one of the best contracts in the NBA. He's making, what, $11, $12 million a year. You just signed him to that four-year, $55 million extension. That's who you want on your team. You just traded him away for a guy who might end up being a three-month rental. I don't know what they were thinking. Yeah, I, um, I, I just... Listen, they... they Mo, again, I'm... Listen, I've been wrong. But certainly now, Mo, I'm looking at it going... I don't see all of the I don't see all the pieces on the chessboard. And I'm not seeing the moves that's I'm assuming they're gonna have to do something. Because Mo, if they don't win, something's gonna have to change. 
something is going to have to change. And it's not looking good now, but we'll see. I mean, we, we'll see. Look, they, if they win these last six or seven, this goes away just like everything else. But if they don't win, Mo, you and I, unfortunately, or fortunately, we'll be back here discussing this again. <laughs> well, <laughs> because it will be a big it will be a big topic I'll tell you this if Kyrie Irving does leave that's the first domino in Luka Doncic leaving that's my take on it you can't take him for granted wow that's a he, that's a that's a big statement that's he's not statement. he's not Dirk Nowitzki he's not Dirk Nowitzki I, I don't know if Dallas are relying on well Dirk stayed here for 20 years he's a European player Luka's going to do the same thing and we're just going to lose-lose and then we'll go to the finals one year and then we'll lose a bit more, lose a bit more and then we'll go to the finals another year and win a championship. That's just not going to happen. So, you know, Christian Wood, I don't see him saying. He's he's on an expiring deal, right? So... I mean, players like that, I mean, he seems like he would be... Him and the other guys, JaVale, they seem like they would be perfect compliments. I thought so Christian Wood was going to be really good for, for Dallas. I mean, if you said, if you said right... Now, all right, we're going to have JaVale McGee, Christian Wood, Luka Doncic, Kyrie Irving, and Tim Hardaway Jr. I would be like, okay. All right, that's... All right. They can do some things. I mean, Mo, if you said that right now, I would be like, okay. I'd even swap Cleaver for Christian Wood. If you put Cleaver, I would say, okay. All right, we, we got a little rim protection. We can, you know, we can... We could do some things. We could play screen role. You you got to honor the role with 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 Javel. McGee. You got to honor the role with 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 uh, what's the big fella's name? Um, Powell. Are you um, talking about Powell Woods? Cleaver. Powell Woods. You can go pick and pop with Cleaver. So I'm saying you got you got a shooter in in, in Hardaway shooter Kyrie shooter Luca. I mean Mo. Like I would I would like okay. I don't even understand Mo. Like the combinations right now, like, you know what I mean? I don't understand. Like, are these guys hurt? Is it not a good fit? Is it like, 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 I don't get it. Like, yeah. I don't understand it. But again, like I said, I'm just watching and from afar. Here's the other thing. If Kyrie Irving does leave, okay, mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving, his salary this season is $36 million. They don't actually get $36 million of cap space. If Kyrie walks, they barely get 20 million in cap space. And if they want to get up to 30 million, they would have to get rid of Reggie Bullock and they'd have to get some other contracts off their books just to get 30 million and then convince a $30 million player to come and play alongside the guy that Kyrie Irving just walked away from. Well, 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 how Brunson much convincing? You can't how do much that. convincing do I need to get you to take the 30 million? Well, <laughs> but if you've got 30 million on the table elsewhere, you've got to do a lot of convincing. Right. If that's your only option, you'll take it. But assuming the way that NBA free agency is going, I, most guys just re-sign for more with their current team. So you're gonna ask a guy to take a pay cut I, yeah. to come and play and not yeah. get the ball as much. Mm. I don't know. I, I don't know. Again, I I listen, I don't know. I I I'm I, I like like at the beginning of the season, I like I like Dallas's team. I, I like their team. You and I talked about it. I was like, hey, that, just run it back. Just run, yeah, it, run back. it back. Run uh, it you've back. lost some scoring in Brunson, but Christian Woods come in and he'll give you some more scoring. Run it back. You got oh, all right. You guys are getting a little big. You got a little shot blocking now. Okay, you're you're addressing what we all know. You know, okay, you 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 know, you want to have a guy back there who can. You know, all right. 
I don't know. I, I mean, Mo, I, I don't know. It It's, it, I am, I, I don't know. And, and again, I'm not there. So, but it must be something. It has to be something. Because, you know, I, I always, I always go back to this. You never know what's going on until you get, until you get in that locker room. Mm. So, there has to be something, Mo, that you are, you and I are not seeing. Okay, because these are some of the best basketball people in the world on these teams, right? You don't ascend to the coaches and the those executives that are there, and they must know something, Mo, that I can't wait to find out and be like, oh, like Mo, it's like one of those things, like, oh wow, I didn't know that. I mean, I mean it, it has to be. It has to be. I mean, what else could it be? I mean, it's not a basketball issue. I want to know the logic in, in this trade that I made, given that their president and general manager was, what was he, head of Nike or, or one of the high up executives at Nike and Kyrie Irving had one of the best selling shoes at Nike. Maybe the logic was, let's get Kyrie. He'll sell a lot of jerseys. He'll sell a lot of tickets. I don't know. I don't know if that was the logic if you're saying it's not basketball because basketball wise, there's clearly a lot of flaws in this team. But having said that, we've, we, seen, we we've, we've seen what Luca can do in the playoffs just by himself. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so he may make us all look very foolish, but let us know. Hit us on social media. Hit us in a Discord. Let us know. We had a lot of panic Maverick, panicking Mavericks fans in the chat earlier talking about their worries. There were some great memes going on as well. Um, I, w I, I wish you understood technology so I could show you them too, but... Uh, Oh yes, but, uh... but you know what? You know, I, 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 I just give me a. I, I got, I got my own piece got right going right now. I got my own piece, so it's good. It's all good. Ah uh, man, well that's that. Ready for another week of action here at the Hoop Genius Podcast. There's going to be a lot to talk about. There's just what over ten days left of the regular season. So let's see how the chips shake out. Let's see who makes it, who doesn't. And until next time, you guys know the vibes. Make sure you subscribe, leave your review, tell a friend, and most importantly, get buckets. <laughs>